Welcome to the Healthy Team, Healthy Business Podcast, where each episode we discuss ways to improve the health of the team that makes up your business and ultimately helps improve your business. We'll discuss mind, body, spirit, and finance as the foundation of building this healthy team. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Team, Healthy Business Podcast. We are excited today to have our first podcast guest, Sean Ryder. Sean is the owner of Shenandoah Fit here in Winchester, Virginia, a CrossFit gym he founded nine years ago. Just yeah. celebrated your anniversary, right? That's right. So congratulations. Awesome, yeah. yeah, true entrepreneur. Um, you know, Sean started this kind of on the side while he was teaching and coaching football and started a gym. So um, he's done the grind. He knows how that stuff works. Now a mentor also to other gym owners through a, a organization called Two Brains. Two Brain Business. Two Brain Bridges, right? Okay. <laughs> So where he mentors folks um, all over the place, um, I think not not just in the U.S. but all over the place, and um, so he's a uh, wealth of information. But Sean has done some stuff recently that I thought was interesting outside of the gym, where he is working on help people with their personal finance stuff, just stuff he's really dug deep into. And David and I thought it'd be a good opportunity to share because we can um, implement some of these things with our teams as we're talking about overall health and a successful team part of that is being able to come to work every day and not having to find out that um you know your paycheck is already spent before it gets there things like that so sean does a pretty good job with that so um thanks for being here today appreciate you having me yeah All this right. is awesome so um roll right into the first question one a topic dave and i got into a couple of weeks ago was the difficulty as a as an owner manager um even starting a conversation about health and wellness with somebody because um, it's a very personal topic. And as a former banker, I know that money is a very personal topic for people. Get pretty wound up about that stuff. So how do you even recommend starting a conversation with either an employee, coworker, a peer about their financial health? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in our position as as managers or owners or leaders in companies, I think the, the first step is just letting people know uh, making them aware that you're there for them in that realm, right? Sometimes I, I'm not the biggest fan of labels, right? So even when we give employees titles such as manager or boss, someone used the word boss the other day and I was like, it, like, it made me want to throw up. Um, and when, when you have labels on there, it, it kind of boxes you in on the type of conversations or the type of conversation people think they are allowed to have with you. But if you're an owner or someone that's empowered inside of a business to really drive a business and grow a business, it's not just about the business's bottom line. It's about, which is exactly what you guys are doing this podcast for, um, just overall health, lifestyle, health. Um, and finances is a huge part of that. Um, it's unfortunate that in the Western culture that health is a taboo topic and finances are a taboo topic. Um, I wish that they would be involved in um, curriculum, edu educational curriculum a lot sooner um, or a lot more detailed fashion uh, th than they are. But step one is letting them know um, and making them aware that you're there to discuss. On a one-on-one -on -one basis, uh, some people are gonna wanna have that conversation behind closed doors because then you start getting them in a group of 20 people. And uh, if you've ever been a presenter or a teacher, I'm a former teacher, right. uh, you ask a question and no one 
wants to answer it, except for that one person that will answer every single question for you. So you're the teacher and you like, you know Johnny's sitting over here with his hand up, so you're not going to look Johnny's way because you want the other 19 people to, to have a chance to answer it. But awareness is number one. Awareness is number one. Um, you know, and then we can go down a couple different routes from there is uh, how are we going to provide the opportunity for them either to have the conversations with us uh, or um, resources, right? Okay. Financial literacy is important. Um, if you guys have a newsletter or if you have a company podcast, right? What is the topic, right? Incentivize your people to listen, uh, ask questions, pose questions. Again, if they want to keep it anonymous, get a question from an employee and then you're not putting their name on the question, but you're providing the answer to uh, the company as a whole in the aggregate. So um, I think that's one way to pose it. Uh, again, a lot of these answers are, it depends. It depends on what your company looks yeah. like. You guys have, you know, how many employees? More than mine. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. More than mine, I got four or five employees. So I can very easily take someone out to coffee to Starbucks. And this kind of goes into one of your other questions, how often? At least once a year, we sit down and do a career roadmap meeting okay. with our employees. And it's like, what were your goals this year? Did we reach them? Then the final question is, now what do you want? Okay, that's a very open question, isn't right, yeah. it? Now what do you want? Right? Because a lot changes in a year, and if anything's taught us the past 18 months, a lot can change, not only on a micro level, but on a macro scale. Um, there are people that, because of the position they've been put in recently, realize that they don't want to go back to the company that they work for. Some people are making the decision not going back to work for the wrong reason because they're getting paid more, obviously, yeah. to sit at home. But some people are like, yeah, life is short. Life is short. I don't want to make this change. Let me make this change. So a lot changes in a year. Sit down with your people annually. Get a career roadmap meeting. In the career roadmap meetings, what do you want your life to look like? How much do you want to wait, uh, make? And how much do you want to work? Again, depends contextually yeah. on the company. My company is very open and flexible. If you're a manufacturing company and you have shift work, little bit different, a yeah. little bit different, but still, even if they're here eight hours a day, that leaves 16 hours of their life that you could impact through resources, through educational content, through seminars, whether that's mandatory or optional. What is it to, you know, Signet Marketing, Signet Screen Printing, or Winchester Metals to take an hour once a month to educate their people on something? And if 5% of them make a change, that's a big impact. Yeah. That's what I think is incredible. People go to church for one hour a week, and yet we've got 40 hours a week that we can be helping to influence them or impact them on that. Do you have kind of, Sean, what an example of one of those one-on-one -on -one sessions would look like? What, what kind of maybe things or questions your team members are asking you or what you're sharing with them or guidance you're providing them? Yeah, it can, it can vary, but it's such an – that's why I say coffee shop. Like, yeah. Get them out of – the corporate environment, get them out of the four walls of the business and get them in a more personal setting. And then you can be very free flowing with that, right? Do not ask the yes or no questions. Are you happy here? <laughs> Do you make what you want? Like, like, what were your goals? Did you accomplish those? If not, let's explain why. So extrapolate that question out. Um, and then, you know, what do you want now? Right? That's not a yes or no question. And have good follow-up questions, right? Make it about them. Don't make it about you. Um, you know, for us, it varies because we do have people that want to make a full-time living in the fitness, health, business industry. Okay, so so their goals are a little loftier, right? You're talking good good income there, um, and then where that where that leads to is structure of the day. 
because we are not a nine to five business, right? So structuring that in the form of their life outside of work, that's a very um, interesting and dynamic question and answer session um, there. Some people, it is maybe they got overextended the past year in terms of burnout and work, and they might have reached their financial goal for the year, but what toll did it take on their personal life? Because again, not a nine to five. So if in order to make sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars, they needed to be at the gym in the morning and night, if any of you have done personal training or anything of the sort, those are the prime times for people to actually be on the floor, right? So how, how okay, you hit your number, but the strategy burned you out. So what do you want to change? You want to change that number or do you want to change the strategy? If the number doesn't want to get changed, then we have to change the strategy. How do we scale our time? Which is part of the conversation we had before we hit the court. It's right. how do you scale your time? Yeah. Right? Um, so that may not be as detailed of an answer for, for your question, but um, that's the examples that I get is here's X. Did we hit X? What strategies did we use to get X? A, B, C? Okay, which portions of ABC still fit within the context of the life that you want to live? Now that you saw what that is like. If it's, I'm good, right, I'll take you, I'll take that at face value. Mm-hmm. If you're telling me you're good with the amount of money you make, the amount of hours you work, repeat, rinse and repeat. That doesn't mean you're content, doesn't mean you're not um, dedicated to growth. That's another thing that I can get on a rant about right. is growth. People insinuate growth is always financial growth or even personal growth. Like growth can be a variety of things, a variety of things. And so that's interesting. Striving to maintain, what are you maintaining in and what are you growing in? That's a whole different topic, but um, that's kind of where those conversations go, to be honest with you, to be honest with you. I like that. The other thing that's just interesting, I'll just comment as a, as an owner, you know, you really, that's pretty bold to open yourself up like that to, to an employee and say, what do you want? Because you're, you know, it, most people would picture their owner manager as like, Here's your opportunity that I'm I provided for you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you're kind of flipping that on them, saying, you know, well, I want you to do better. What, you know, what you got to tell me what you want though, and then you can help facilitate that. And mm-hmm. I think that's a neat position to put yourself in. Um, admirable. What about um, what about the people that um, let's let's say because David and I's companies are obviously like you said different than yours, but blue collar environment people that don't have advanced education and personal financial management and that kind of things. What are the biggest pitfalls you see for that population? Um, one of the things I kind of always come back to, and I think David probably would agree with me, is that most people don't have an income problem. It's probably on the other side of the, the equation, the balance sheet side, but what do you what do you see when you kind of go out there and help people with that kind of stuff? Yeah, um, let me go back to my first answer in terms of the company opening up the dialogue is awareness. Same thing for the individual. They have no clue where they're at. Okay. So getting them aware of this is my starting point. Um, in terms of health, most people overestimate how many calories they burn in a workout right. <laughs> and then underestimate how many calories they're eating. Yes. And I think the statistics are they two times the amount that they're burning in their head mm-hmm. and they four times undercut the amount that they're eating. That's not balanced. Right. Right. They won't know that until they track it. Mm-hmm. Right. So. I, when I've mentored, I have over 30 gyms that I'm mentoring right now. Most of them are not million dollar gyms. Mm -hmm. Most of them have less than 30 transactions in a month. That's not too hard to track accounting wise. 
totally different probably than your business is. Okay, they don't have different lines of credit, they don't have different accesses to financing, they don't have all these different moving parts. It's fairly simple and straightforward. Same thing with most individuals. I wouldn't say blue collar, it's most individuals. Yeah. Really, how many transactions that are different from one another are really happening? Track your inflow, track your outflow, label those outflows. Start there. Do that for 90, try and do it for 30 days. But if we can get our people focused on doing that for 90 days and don't make a change, that's the biggest thing. Like I'm hot, I'm big on finances. My wife cares about finances, but never tracked them. Didn't like to have the microscope on them. Six years into marriage, we sat down and was like, what do we want in the next three to five years? You know, she told me some things. The big thing for me was, I want to actually know where we are dollar-wise. We knew we were moving in the right direction, but not exactly how or why, right? And I commit, I said, I said, let's track every single thing for 90 days without judgment. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Everyone tries to go from step one to step two at the same time. Yeah. Step one, track your stuff. It's a control group. You got to have a control group. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So literally track without judgment for 90 days. Now we assessed it at the 30 day mark, but that assessment was just look at the number. Okay. Look at the number, get your feeling and don't even try and analyze the feeling. What was the feeling you had when you looked at it? So maybe let's bring it back full circle is could do this in many different ways inside of company challenge people, right? What resource are we going to provide them? Is it a handwritten spreadsheet? Maybe these guys aren't tech savvy. Right? Let's just give them a simple spreadsheet. Track it. Whoever tracks it will be put into the drawing to receive this. Make sure that reward aligns with the type of people that you have. Yeah, right. right? We could go down in the gritty of love languages and all that other stuff. <laughs> Myers Briggs, you know, right. scores and all that stuff. I think they people do that a lot for their leadership team. They do all these higher level things for their leadership team to figure out what their love language is, but then we try and fit everyone else. You know that are you know doing more the the hands-on maybe manual labor work into one big box. They're still different people, mm -hmm. right? Now it's tough to scale. Yeah, <laughs> we won't fall down that rabbit hole. But yeah. start with the people that are coming to you with it, right? You can't get everyone all at once. Maybe, right? maybe our goal is too high. Can't help everyone right now, so let's just pick the handful. Do you think kind of like the nutrition example you said? Do you think people? Um, are honest with themselves, at least initially, on what they spend. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And maybe this leads into another question, but it's like, I flip between dollar amounts and percentages. Right. The reason why I like to track is I'm going to see the dollar amount, but then the next column is a percentage based on the overall income or overall expenses. Right. So, for example, let's say someone's moving, spending $60 on something or they have some sort of program at their employer where they're pulling $60 out of a paycheck and doing well, $60 is just $60. OK, well, if we track what you're doing with all your money and let's say you're saving $600 just for easy math, if you're saving $600 a month or investing $600 a month or you're buying daycare for 600 bucks and they just increase your rate three or 5% for the next year. You're not going to not put your kid back in daycare. Um, 60 bucks is 10%, mm -hmm. right? And in my mentoring group that I'm a part of, we have this discussion. How big of an impact can a 1% change on your expense sheet make to your profit sheet? It's not 1%. It's more than that. 
right? So, so that's sixty dollars in relation to maybe this other thing that you're wanting, this other thing you have to pay for, this other goal you have in saving. Don't think of sixty dollars. Think of the ten percent gain. That that's where my mind goes. So you you sit down with a teammate, and let's say that they had they're making thirty five thousand dollars a year. They were spending thirty-seven thousand. They tracked it for the ninety days. They've come to you now, and they say, "I've tracked it for ninety days." What advice, as a team leader or as an owner, would you then guide that person now on finances? Yeah, or a two thousand dollar deficit. Yeah, easy answer is it always depends. But let's just use a couple of examples here. Is it depends on what I'm seeing on that sheet. You know what I'm saying? Like it really just depends on what I'm seeing on that sheet. Um, are they going to the bar Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night? That's a whole different ballgame. It doesn't mean I'm going to tell them to stop going to the bar. Just like you don't tell someone that's drinking two two liters of Mountain Dew a day to go to zero. Right. It's about getting that first 5% off, mm-hmm. that first 10% off. Um, but financially speaking, you cannot cut your way to success. You can't really change what your mortgage payment or rent is. In the business or the personal no, strategies, refinance. Let's not fall down that rabbit hole. Yeah. I'm really a huge fan of those topics too. But you can't always cut your way. So the easy answer is we'll cut expenses. But what if what if they are truly actually living paycheck to paycheck? Well, the other side of the equation, the other side of the balance sheet is inflow, right? Are they working 40 hours a week? Is there an option for them to take advantage of a half day of overtime? Depends on the context of that person. If I would uh, offer that or suggest that, if it's a, a, a husband and a father of three, I may not want to suggest working overtime if they're already, you know, kids are in sports, depending on the age of the kids. It really just depends. But I think people, goes back to that percentage-wise, is cutting is one thing, but the greatest payoff in the short, cutting will help in the short term. Let me say that. Cutting expenses will help in the short term. Let's look there. What will help in the short term and long term is increasing that inflow. What can you do to increase your income? Maybe they work for a manufacturing company that is 40 hours a week, but it's 40 hours Monday through Thursday. They work four 10-hour days. Like my dad did at Harley-Davidson. He switched to four 10-hour days. Now, Harley-Davidson paid well, so when they offered overtime on Friday, guess what? He took overtime at Harley-Davidson at time and a half. But maybe that's not an option where you are. Well, what do you do on Friday? Well, my wife goes to work and my kids are at school. Well, what do you do? Watch Price is Right and drink two liters of soda. Well, go, maybe go work a four-hour shift somewhere, right? And so many people are, well, well, that's the point. They shouldn't work more. Well, it depends. Who are you talking to? Who's sitting across the table from you? Let's talk about that. Now again, deeper strategies, we talked maybe a little bit before here record is, look at their paycheck. Where's money going before the merit? As a business owner, I tell people this all the time. As a business owner, I wish everybody had to write the checks to the government for their taxes instead of it being auto-populated. Right. Number one, they're gonna have a different feeling towards it. But look at your paycheck <laughs> yes. and look where your money's going before you actually get access to it. That blows my mind. Mm-hmm. So many other people are getting your money before you get your money. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. I just wanna throw that in there because that's, again, another option, another thing to dissect. All of these are data points. All of these are data points. Yeah, I agree. 
What about um, the conversation you had there with, with or the, the point you made about um, increasing the income? Um, do you look at that too as in terms of percentage? In other words, if you had an employee that or, or someone you were mentoring and they said, I just keep coming up short every month or I can't get ahead every month by 50 bucks or 100 bucks mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, is there, a, is there a formula you like to use or go by to say you should be this, you should be able to do this per month or this per quarter or this per year, uh, safety net or anything like that? I mean, the old adage was three months or six months of your um, expenses you ought to have set aside. Mm-hmm. Um, do, you, do you go by any of those kind of mantras or do you look at case by case? That's a tough question to answer. I would lean towards it's a case by case because I really hate broad stroking answers. Yeah. Again, Dave Ramsey, respect him. <laughs> right, yeah. But the reason why he's successful is because he's got seven steps and he doesn't sway from them. Right. He doesn't sway from them no matter what. That's why I disagree with him. Yeah. Right? You have, like, everyone's different. You have to sway from them. You have to sway from them. Um, so there's not really. Okay. But is that person, I'm trying to figure out if what that person's telling me is what's actually true. Right, so Socratic question is good. Why? Why do you think you're fifty dollars short? Right, or is that just the past three months? Or has that been a five-year thing? Right, figuring figuring that out in terms of being a business owner. Like I know what my ratios have to be business-wise. I know what my salary cap is. I view my business as a football team. There's a salary cap. <laughs> I can't get above this percentage. Now, who's the person sitting across the table from me? If I'm below that percentage. And who is that person sitting across? Are they not American way? Not everyone's created equal, unfortunately. Right. Okay. Who is the person across from me? What is the value they bring to this company? What have they done? What have they um, sacrificed? Not in the support of me and my my goals, but like, who is that? One thing that makes me giggle is the difference between someone that's been with you for six years and really like broke their back to help you build your business and the person that you're looking to hire and they're asking for the same as what that person that's been with you, right? It's the difference between a small business and McDonald's. You know, McDonald's is pretty straightforward about you're earning this by doing this, you're earning this by doing this. I have a lot more flexibility in my life and choices based on all of the information that I can compile about that person and my business and the current standing that we're in. So unfortunately, the answer is it depends because, again, I like I'm not a cookie cutter person. I'm not a buy the book person, which is why I don't have a buy the book business, a buy the book life. At 32, mm-hmm. when I was a high school teacher, I noticed that other teachers had little quotes at the end of their emails signatures, so I added one, and it was <laughs> observe the masses do the opposite. If you're going to tell me something is this way, probably going to try and figure out how not to do it that way. That's where I'm at. Rebel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like one of those people that plant my flag in the ground. Yeah. Right? But there's not one way to do everything. I truly believe that. Yeah. Uh, I love it. And I think that's the aspect of, of really the desire to help your team and being willing to talk about these things, trying to, to dispel that taboo and not worried that someone's going to say, well, I want to make more money or I want this or that. Maybe it's just, I need more time off. I need greater flexibility. 
so I really like that aspect of kind of opening that door, getting outside of your your place of business, and kind of really taking the vested interest in your in your teammates. So. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with a conversation, even. Yeah. And this goes back maybe a deeper answer is like, even if someone says they need or slash want something, you're not you're not giving it to them. They're not entitled to it. It's just about the conversation so we can get on the same page. And so when we make decisions for the business as a whole, or we try and make a decision for an individual, or allow the individual to be empowered to make their own decision, is that decision they're making actually driving towards what they said? Right? Yeah. Or, it, or is it not? Because if it's not, then we're going to address it. Something's changed. Maybe they didn't fully know what they wanted at the beginning of the year. Now something's changed. But the, the, the foundation of the conversation was laid. It's a lot easier to bring it up the second time than the first. That's right. And the third yeah. and the fourth and fifth. Yeah. You just said something that made me think of another question. That is the, this concept of need versus want. Mm. I think that's a big one when it comes to, because I've run into it with food, talking to people. Yeah. I got to have this. If I, don't have, if I don't have my coffee, if I don't have whatever, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay. But I think in finance, it's the same thing. We had a conversation maybe a week or so ago about an employee that said, well, I have to go to the beach this weekend mm-hmm. with my family. And, but they were complaining at the same, in the same breath, complaining about finances. It's like, well, you don't have to go on that trip. I mean, it might suck. I like that you're going. Yeah. But when you planned it six months ago, were you in this position? Right. Because then you could have changed your tactic. Yeah. So you have to make, I think you have to make changes when, when changes are necessary. And back to your point, I guess, what is that? What is your ultimate goal? Is that trip to the beach? In, in the big picture of your life and, and especially in terms of your finances in this particular case, does it, does it get you towards that goal? Does it interrupt that goal? Does it set you back? If it does set you back, can you deal with that? That sets you back because you did that and you had to go out to dinner, you had to get a hotel room and do all this stuff. Does that set you back a month? Can you deal with that? Does it set you about six months? Does that set you back like you're going to get thrown out of your house? Yeah. No. Well, this comes down to a topic that I'm, I'm, very excited about is the difference between financial strategy and lifestyle strategy. Dave Ramsey talks about eating ramen noodle now, so you, like live like someone won't now, so you can live like someone won't. Well, if I'm 32 and I make decent money, or I do have money set aside to a pre-tax 401k, or I don't opt in on that, so I do a Roth IRA or something else, and I have my savings and I have my investment secure. I have my financial strategy set, so I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to improve my lifestyle strategy, right? So that's and that's a higher level. So I like Ramsey for getting the base foundation, get people focused, and actually Dave Ramsey does have resources for companies to purchase and get their people involved. So I would recommend that. Um, but once you're there, now make decisions that are improving your life which might be spend money, right? None of these things are mutually exclusive. It's not save money or spend, invest or save, invest or spend. You're going to do a mix of all of them at different times, at different levels, for different reasons. Just ask yourself, which is most important right now? If you and your wife haven't gone on a date in a year because you're worried about the $75, I can't imagine the amount of stress that that's put in on a relationship. Right. Go spend the $75. Pay for the 
babysitter to come for a night because you can't afford not to because then you're going to go and get divorced. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's a lifestyle stretch. Costs money. Yeah. But get get some of the other, like that huge right there, what you said. And it goes back to needs versus wants. I have had this conversation with a few people recently is they, may not, they might know their goal, right? For gym owners. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be really nice just to make $100,000 a year from my gym. Okay, perfect. Well, right now you're at 22. <laughs> okay? Right now you're at 22 and you're working 80 hours a week. Okay? So you have a really, really expensive job. Okay? So I'm glad that I know their goal of 100. But what eats at me is when I say, well, what does your family need? That's what you want. What does your family need? Well, really, we actually need like 90. And it makes me want to puke. Mm-hmm. Like, no. <laughs> Like, I'm talking bare bones. You're obviously making it work on 22. Yeah. So I like looking at layers. To If we're going to talk about individuals or maybe some business owners for yourself, right? Like, maybe you are successful. Maybe you are making six figures, half a million dollars. Lifestyle creep creeps in. Parkinson's law says that, you know, those ratios are going to about stay the same. So as you make more money, you're going to spend more money. When's the last time you analyze what you need? Because people that are successful are making a lot of money, it's, sometimes it's hard for them to go backwards or they get to that point where they're making what they want financially and they got there by working 60 hour weeks, 80 hours a week before they had a family. Now they got like eight and nine and 10 year olds and they're not stepping away from the 80 hour work week because they're afraid to lose a half a million dollar income. I love those conversations. And they get deep <laughs> with people. You know, nothing eats at me more than someone says, I'm a family man, but they're never with their family. Right. Well, I have to work to earn the income for my family. All your kids, talk to your kids. All your kids want is you to actually show up to their baseball game. You know, I grew up in a family that, quote, lived paycheck to paycheck. My, my funny story is my family took, I was seven. I was the youngest of three boys. When I was seven, they finally, we finally went to Disney World. So seven, eight-year-old, and then like a 13-year-old. Um, and uh, Disney in the middle of summer, it's really hot. <laughs> the sodas were $12. My dad bought one for a family of five. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I know the value of a dollar. Yeah. Um, Pre-COVID, right before COVID hit football season, I went to a Ravens game with my, my dad and, and my uncles and, you know, um, walked right up to the beer distributor inside the stadium. They're $12 beers, $13 mixed drinks. And this was my first opportunity to pull out a credit card and buy the drinks for the five people. Like that's mm-hmm. 75 bucks worth of alcohol and beverages. <laughs> my dad and, and uncle were like, no, you don't have to do that. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> it's like, this is a lifestyle strategy yeah. choice for me right now. Like I know the value of a dollar, but I know the value of having a good time with my family after 30 some years of not being able to do something like that. I don't know how we got on that topic, guys. So yeah. rate me back in. Rate me back in. Needs versus wants, right? We talked that we talked yeah. about that, and and that's maybe why this topic is so taboo because half the time people aren't. No, we're talking about something totally different. We're not on the same page about what we're actually saying, and we're just unconsciously probably lying to ourselves. I would agree. A lot of that happens. Yeah. <clears throat> so what could uh, a, a team leader or owner do? come Monday morning with this team, if I wanted to start trying some of these things, what would you recommend that we would, we would get started with? Yeah. Um, I truly believe in 
me personally, I only listen or follow people that have skin in the game. So, and th- this is a tactic for podcasting and blogging and writing books is lead with a personal story, right? Lead with a personal story in order to get the awareness of the topic out to your people, right? And then make your people aware that, hey, we have options or we want to get focused on helping you guys outside of just doing your work, doing your job. Maybe it's bending the truth a little bit and saying, hey, someone came to us and they needed help with this. And uh, we showed them some options and we'd like to share that with the rest of you. That's just bending the truth a little bit. But sometimes it's hard to find that first person. So I'm going to imagine that first person already came to me. Right. Right. So open the dialogue. Start a conversation. Pose an anonymous question. Get that first question. Like, get that first question. Right? A lot of people in the health industry. Uh, well, I don't know what to write about to start. All these people have blogs. I don't know what to start. Well, you got 10 clients. So what are the questions your clients asked you when they first signed up? That should be your first blog series. That's it. Yeah. That's, I think, the micro-level tactics that you guys can do. If the conversation's never been started, open the dialogue. Don't be afraid when no one steps forward. Do it again. Do it again. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> That's how our health journey started here, and I'm proud of your team, too. It's like you start bringing that stuff up, and yep. hopefully you get one, and you just kind of keep... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a sell job in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then you just got to you gotta stick with it. Yeah. yeah. I think the implications are huge. I mean, the stuff we talk about you know, offline a lot of times is just people get their lives in such a mess, and that affects their ability to be a good employee, and it's unfortunate, because otherwise, if that... If that issue was not present, um, they would be a stellar employee. But they somehow something has happened, you know, personally that's got them off track, and it caused about can't afford a good car for some reason, or you know, any number of things that causes them to miss work, or they're here but they're distracted because they're not sure if they're going to make their rent. Um, how, not sure how they're going to pay for groceries or that kind of thing. So those things are real. And imagine the the many I hate using words like a lot or many, but it just look out at society like they don't have anyone to talk to yeah i wish everyone had a therapist i think that's the greatest thing (laughs) i wish everyone had a person and a marriage therapist right so if you as a leader don't feel obligated to have the answer for them or the proper resource have an ear listen make sure your door is open when's the last time you walked out on the floor right when's the last time you brought or took your people to coffee right just those little things are just so different and like you guys are obviously already different because you guys are doing something like this but like you need to hear that you're the outliers like most leaders bosses again hate that term but like they don't do these things for their people that's why we are where we are yeah (laughs) it's unfortunate yeah there's room here any final thoughts, questions, David? No, I really appreciate your time today, yeah. Sean, and uh, this is awesome. I look forward to, we do a meeting every single day as a company, and we in, intertwine these different things. We haven't really talked as much about finance, so I'm looking forward to starting these and giving you some feedback in six months on how our journey <laughs> of finance is going. Fantastic. I love the conversations because I learn a ton. Yeah. I learn a ton. 
Sean, tell us where uh, our listeners too, where you can we can track you down if you want to find some of your stuff on on finance or just learn about your gym or anything else. Yeah, so finance is a finance blog, Sean Ryder Finance dot com, S H A W N R I D E R Finance dot com. Um, you know, I've been a little more active recently, kind of got away from it as I traveled a little bit, but um, you know, as with a lot of things in life, I just try not to force it. Right. So if I have something I want to write about, I'll write about it. Um, I think a lot of people just put stipulations on, I'm, I need to do this every single week. It's great when you guys are getting started, yeah. but again, don't make it burdensome. So there's my finance blog. Um, my gym, if you're local to Winchester within you know, 20, 30 minute drive, um, Shenandoah Fit. So Shenandoah period fit is the website or ShenandoahCrossFit.com. You can go to the website, you can go to the Facebook page, you can go to the Instagram account. Um, if you really want to see the type of people we work with, just do one thumb flick on the Instagram account. You'll see people that probably look like you and live the life that you live. We, yeah. we help working adults enjoy exercise again and find the you know happiness in their nutrition journey. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Right? Get people in, get their bodies moving for 45 minutes a couple times a week. Get them to eat a little bit better and, and they get good results. Um, other than that, personally, um, Sean underscore rider underscore is my Instagram account. Um, it's set to private, so if you're someone local or somewhere anywhere that want to follow me, just just send me a DM or something, and yeah. I'll get you following it. So um, that's where they can get me. Well, thanks for your time today, buddy. Yeah. Absolutely appreciate it, guys. And, uh, this is an interesting topic yeah. for sure. That'd be awesome. a nice addition to our lineup. So, all right, we'll catch everybody next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Healthy Team Healthy Business Podcast. We'd love to hear any feedback, questions, or similar experiences our listeners have had. Please email any questions to teamdudes at healthyteamhealthybusiness.net. Or you could find us on Instagram at healthyteamhealthybusiness8. Or visit our website, healthyteamhealthybusiness.net.